Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption, this is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Repeating, we're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. You'll see the whole parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. You're out of order! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! And you Hey there, I am your mad prophet of the airwaves and welcome once again to Radio Free Canada, news notes and opinions from the underground for Thursday, December the 1st, Jacob, it's December the 1st in the year of our Lord 2022, happy December 1st, or as we say in our household because it's a Greek household, Kalomino. Good month. Have a good month. Three weeks until Christmas Eve. Three weeks. And I'll be pulling our Christmas decorations out of the garage right after the show. I should have had them out a couple of weeks ago when the weather was really warm because I love putting up lights in my shirt sleeves. I do not enjoying, I, I do not enjoy uh, getting up on a ladder and stringing lights when it's minus whatever. Uh, incidentally, I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot about Christmas in the coming days and weeks. I'm going to mention Christmas every chance I get. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Because not only do I absolutely love Christmas, always have, because, but also because it's my way of fighting back against the creeps who are trying very hard to cancel Christmas. They want to expunge the word Christmas from society. So when people who think they're they're far more clever than the rest of us and they snicker and try and convince us that there is no war against Christmas, they're lying. They're gaslighting you. There is a war against Christmas because there is a war against Christians. I'll be uh, talking about this in just a few minutes when the Menzoid joins me from Rebel News. 
He'll bring us up to speed on the latest attempts to uh, cancel Christmas across the country or rebrand it, I think is the term Menzies use, uses. Rebrand Christmas. No, there is no rebranding. No. Christmas is, I would argue, the second most important religious holiday for observant Christians celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The most sacred of religious holidays, speaking as an Orthodox Christian, would, would be Easter or Pascha, commemorating the, the crucifixion and, most importantly, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But Christmas is important, very important. And the people who are rebranding Christmas to Winter Festival or Winter Tree Celebration or Festivus, for you Seinfeld fans, they have convinced themselves, no doubt, that the reason they're rebranding Christmas is in the name of their new religion. And their new religion, like Christianity, has a trinity. Their trinity is diversity, inclusivity, and equity. It's an unholy trinity. The truth of the matter is, it's anti-Christian bigotry, pure and simple. And the individuals and the organizations who are rebranding Christmas are very likely atheists, agnostics, certainly progressives and wokes. And the irony is they run around thinking they're so virtuous and tolerant and they tolerate everything except Christianity. And these anti-Christian bigots are our mayors, our city councilors, our school board trustees, they teach our children, they run huge corporations, they, they own and manage shopping centers and department stores. Oh, they'll take your money. You go into their store to shop for Christmas, they'll take all of your Christmas shopping money, gladly. But meanwhile, they've canceled Christmas or rebranded it. They won't include the name Christmas anywhere in their store or in their advertising. They instruct their staff, don't wish anyone a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. It's anti-Christian bigotry. We have a term for people that hate Jews, anti-Semites. We have a term for people who are prejudiced against Muslims, Islamophobic. And we have a term for just about every different kind of hate directed at every different, every different group. But we don't have a term for people who are prejudiced against Christians. So I'm going to begin using the term Christian phobia. And I think you should start using it as well. It's time we start calling out people for their bigotry. But the thing is, it's been, it's been so fashionable and trendy to hate or dislike or defame or slander or dismiss or ridicule Christians for so long that the people that do it feel perfectly safe in doing so. They don't even try and hide it. Our own prime minister does it. Dismissive of Christians. The disdain and the bigotry towards Christians is now out in the open because no one calls them out uh, on it for so long. They, 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 now they believe it's okay to actually say it out loud. They just assume most people will, will agree with them. I think the last time I brought this up was last Easter. And uh, I think it was on a Good Friday, a very solemn day for Christians. Again, the day 
During a Holy Week, we commemorate Christ's crucifixion. And on that day, I saw a couple of cars driving around with the symbol of the fish. You know the fish symbol, which is a very sacred Christian symbol? The, the ichthys? It was used as a symbol, as a, as, as a sacred or as a secret sign that you were a Christian. You might trace it in the sand next to somebody. So, oh, you're a Christian. They used a secret symbol because if you openly, publicly acknowledged you were a Christian, it could result in your death. But the, the fish symbol on these cars that I saw, and I've seen them around for years, these fish had legs growing out of them. You've seen them, right? In other words, they've taken a sacred Christian symbol and they've mocked it by its sprouting legs, a symbol of Darwin and evolution. In other words, fish grew legs and then they became land animals, evolution. And they think they're being very clever and sophisticated. But, but, but what they're really doing is giving a giant middle finger to Christians. It's a symbol of hate and derision. And yet we tolerate it because, because of freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And as a Christian, I, I think I have pretty broad shoulders. We have to. We have to have broad shoulders as Christians. So you're free to put anti-Christian, excuse me, we have to start using the right term, Christian-phobic bumper stickers on your car. But I'm free to call you out as a Christian, uh, as Christian-phobic. Same goes for the mayors and city councilors and school board trustees and store managers and mall owners and other corporations who go out of their way to not acknowledge Christmas. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Okay, coming up on the show today, you know, there are many uh, corporations, some uh, very, very large corporations that are basing their hiring, their promotion, their bonus decisions on a political agenda. They support abortion, transgenderism, COVID-19 mandates. And they say, if you don't agree with these things, you can look elsewhere. That's the message they seem to be presenting. But there are other companies, many of them, that are moving in another direction entirely in search of protecting individuals' free speech and personal beliefs. And according to a report in Slay News, there are more than 2,000 companies in America that have signed an anti-woke pledge to promise that they'll not discriminate against their workers' free speech rights and personal beliefs. Job Services Corporation, RedBalloon.Work, RedBalloon.Work has been leading the movement. It's promoting its Employee Bill of Rights that outlines protections for workers from the, quote, woke ideology in the workplace. RedBalloon.Work founder and CEO Andrew Krapachetis joins me last order of business in hour two of the program. I've been warning for some time on this show about Canada's descent into uh, a complete culture of death. It's happening at an alarming rate as of March of 2023. A few months from now, the mentally ill and even minor children will be eligible for medical assistance in dying. In other words, suicide by doctor. David Creighton is also incredibly disturbed by this trend. He's a senior columnist with the Western Standard, and and he joins me in hour two to discuss. Why is the radical, progressive, decidedly unconservative provincial government of Ontario thinking it's appropriate to use taxpayer money to fund a, quote, all-ages drag show 
It's happening tonight in Kitchener. I thought you should know about it. So too does Mia Ashton from the Post Millennial, and she joins me this hour in our Defense of Women segment. But coming up first, Christmas cancel culture. David Menzies from Rebel News has that story. The Richard Serrett Show off and running for Thursday, December the 1st. Facta non verba. We're back as the Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Well, we are quickly, quickly rolling into the Christmas season. Can I still say that? Christmas? But as it turns out, Christmas, you know, they call this a conspiracy theory. Christmas is not being canceled. Oh, oh, really? Wait till you hear this. It turns out the humbug virus is spreading like COVID. Here with more is Rebel News mission specialist and the host of Rebel Roundup, the Menzoid, David Menzies. Hey, David, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Richard. How about yourself? Very well. Last year, you reported that the distillery historic village in Toronto, and they used to have the Christmas market there, except, uh, well, the year before was, was canceled due to COVID. What happened again last year? They, they renamed it, right? They rebranded it, Richard, uh, to the distillery Winter Village. We reached out to the distillery people. Um, they couldn't even give a valid reason why um, the Toronto Christmas Market is now the distillery Winter Village. And when we did streeters around uh, their giant Christmas tree, or should I call it a Winter Village tree, um, the security descended upon us and uh, said we had to leave or else they were phoning the police. But as far as I can tell, uh, I was on Toronto streets um, and there was Toronto street name signage there. So I'm not sure what the issue was in terms of trespass. But everyone we asked, including, I um, can tell you, a visitor to Toronto from Egypt said, yeah, it's Christmas. It's not winter village time or um, festivist time uh, to uh, you know reference that fantastic episode of Seinfeld where um, you know there was this complete phony holiday so that um, nobody is offended. And Richard, I might I want to say this too: Who is offended by Christmas? I've never run across that particular Grinch or Scrooge. Um, you know, and, and when I look out to the watering down of Christmas. Would if you had a Muslim friend and it was Ramadan, would you say, oh, happy special holiday time of the year? Would you say that to a Hindu celebrating Diwali? You would say Ramadan. You would say Diwali. And I I'm baffled by these people who are having meetings for the sake of having meetings to fix something that is not broken. Right. They're, to they're eradicate virtue signaling, virtue signaling cowards. Yes. They're virtue signaling cowards is all they are. So let's, let's get an update. What is happening? And I remember when I worked at another radio station that was uh, located in the North Tower of the Eaton Center. And I remember at Christmas time, <laughs> the top level of the parking lot and descending down in the elevator, looking out onto that fantastic Eaton Center Christmas tree. And I think they used to do it up with uh, Zaworski crystals and things like that. It was spectacular. What has happened to the Christmas tree at the Eaton Center? 
It was spectacular, past tense. Last year, Richard, it was a 108-foot tree. It was beautiful. And this year, they put out a press release saying that the tree will not be part of the Eaton Centre. And and Eaton Centre, of course, owned by Cadillac Fairview. What was very curious about the press release, again, was this eradication of the new C-word, Christmas. They referred to it as their holiday tree, their signature tree. Now, Chris... Richard, I don't know about you, but have you ever called a Christmas tree a signature tree? And I did reach out to the media relations people at uh, Cadillac Fairview. And um, here's a bugaboo I'm always on these days. You know, once upon a time, people in media relations, they would return the calls and emails of people in the media. And now there's this new breed, Richard, that it seems to be if you ask insensitive questions, The strategy is to not even have the professional courtesy of a response. So if I've got it wrong, you know, uh, I'm willing to correct the record because when I went to the Eaton Centre, they said um, the roof is under repair. But hang on, we went to the exact same spot where that Christmas tree uh, usually, uh, you know, takes, takes place, Richard. And the roofing, we were told that there was roofing work happening that precluded the erection of the tree this year but the roofing work was several meters away um there was and in fact there were large you know ornaments in the area where the christmas tree would have been so i'm not sure that that adds up and and like i said i just want to i mean if there's a valid reason why a signature tree or a holiday tree is no longer um tree non grata at eaton center um, I'd love to hear it, but there it's radio silence, my, my friend. And as we'll uh, discover when we come back, David, there is more to report on the canceling of Christmas. David Menzies, mission specialist at Rebel News, stays with us back with more of the Richard Serrett Show right after these. Let's get back at it on News Talk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serrett Show. Welcome back. David Menzies from Rebel News is here, and we're talking about the canceling of Christmas. Just as the Christmas season is starting to get rolling, we're hearing reports of Christmas being rebranded as a winter festival all across Canada. So, David, I'm on the uh, Canadian government website, Canada.ca, and the uh, big announcement from the government concerning the winter lights across Canada. The program previously known as Christmas Lights Across Canada, now called Winter Lights Across Canada. What gives? I just found out this morning it's being rebranded as Winter Lights uh, Across Canada. And, you know, Richard, when we, you know, delve down to why this is a factor, it it comes down to inclusivity. I mean, we don't want to offend non-Christians by using the C word, but I would argue that non-Christians a, are not offended. And when we look at the other holidays, because this is the other excuse around this time of the year, well, there's Hanukkah in the Jewish faith. Well, I can tell you this, Richard, the Hanukkah holiday is a very minor holiday when it comes to Judaism. The big three, of course, are Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, and Passover. And again, if you knew a Jewish person, you wouldn't say around those times of the year, happy holiday, you would say happy Passover, for example. And then, of course, we have Kwanzaa. And, you know, Richard, this is something that really uh, gets me going, because when you look at Kwanzaa, it was 
first created in 1966 by an ex-convict by the name of Ron Karanga, who had been incarcerated for torturing women. You know, a lot of people might be surprised that this so-called African December holiday actually derives its principles from Marxism, not African culture, that no African people celebrate the harvest festival in December, and that even some of the symbols, such as ears of corn, are not even native to Africa. Finally, what's happening in Mississauga vis-a-vis their Christmas trees? Yeah, Richard, just the other day I heard an, an ad, and I haven't investigated it, but it was to come to a festival called the Festival of Trees. Just trees. I mean, it looks like even calling a Christmas tree a holiday tree or a uh, signature tree, even that's a little too third railish. So we're just celebrating trees. I can tell you this. Canada has more trees uh, by a factor of a quadrillion than people. Um, why can't they just say a festival of Christmas tree, trees? Is anyone of any faith, you know, Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Truly offended by using that word. This is the Christmas season. It is Christmas time. Even if you're a hardcore atheist, come on. Uh, I, I bet even most of those people get in the spirit. But we just have, as you said, these virtue, virtue signalers, uh, Richard. We have members of cancel culture and the wokest they got to eradicate the fun out of this, you know, season. It, it's just a shame. For devout Christians, it's also a very significant religious holiday, of course, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I think, you know, we use words like Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. And why is there no word for anti-Christian sentiment? Why don't we have Christian phobia? I think we need to start using that word, Christian phobia. That's what... These individuals and organizations that are canceling a significant religious holiday, they're Christian phobic. You know what? You're absolutely right, Richard. And here's the sad epilogue to what you just said. Those people that are doing the cancellation, they would applaud Christian phobia as opposed to denouncing it. They would think that's a good thing to denounce Christianity and Christian holidays. And again, it just shows you the double standard that exists in our society today. And one final point, if I go into a a store and they want my business around Christmas season, if they're not gonna embrace Christmas, if they're gonna cancel Christmas, but they still want my money, I'm saying, no thanks, I'll I'll shop elsewhere. Unless a vendor, unless a store, a retailer is embracing Christmas, I'm not giving them my Christmas money. 
Yeah, you know, Richard, that's a great point. And certainly it is exceptional when you see any signage at a store or in a mall that uses the C word. Now, I remember going to, I think it was um, Yorkdale Mall a year or two ago, and I made a note of all the holiday signage and only one uh, store used the word Christmas. But I was delighted. I, I think it goes back two or three years now. When you saw uh, Canadian Tire, I think they branded themselves around this time of year, Canada's official Christmas store. That's right. So that would indicate to me, retail is all about moving the merchandise. So I think Canadian Tire is a pretty savvy retailer. So if their focus group testing indicated that using the C word is going to result in a reduction of sales, they're not going to do that. They're in business to make money. So obviously, they've done some research. They have found out that using the word Christmas is not toxic, and they've embraced it, and good for Canadian Tire. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. We're going to start early. Merry Christmas, David. Oh, geez, Richard, uh, you've kind of triggered me. I, I I don't know if I should seek some counseling. <laughs> no, I just, my friend, <laughs> Merry Christmas to you and the mighty Aphrodite and, and all your family members. Merry Christmas, Richard Serrett. David Menzies, mission specialist at Rebel News and host of the Rebel Roundup Fridays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Yes, sir. Rebelnews.com. Thank you, David. Thank you, Richard. All right. When we come back, let's open up the phone lines. Let's open up the phone lines. Is there a war on Christmas? Is Christmas being canceled? 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. Your calls when the Richard Serrett Show continues in, uh, well, about two and a half minutes, give or take. Stay with us. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM. Welcome back. 289-275-9600. That's the number to get on board. 289-275-9600. And um, I was just speaking with David Menzies, the Menzoid from Rebel News, about how increasingly there is a war on Christmas in Canada. If someone tells you they're not, they're just gaslighting. You, um, you see Christmas celebrations being rebranded across the country as uh, winter festivals. And uh, last year, of course, at the Distillery Historic District in Toronto, the, uh, the Christmas market that had been there for many, many years, relabeled the Winter Market, I believe in Mississauga. Now it's the uh, Winter Tree Festival or something, uh, the Christmas tree at the Eaton Centre. Not up this year. They're, they're making some lame excuse about roof repairs. They can't put the Christmas tree up. And they don't even call it the Christmas tree in the press, press release. It's called a signature tree. So when people tell you that it's your imagination or there's no such thing as a war on Christmas, nonsense, horse hockey, what say you? 289 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. 9,600, just ahead of uh, Mia Ashton, who will join us for our In Defense of Women segment coming up here in a few minutes. And uh, Mia will be here to talk about, well, she's just written a new piece for the post-millennial. And uh, this was actually uh, brought to her attention and uh, my attention as well by former New Blue MPP, Belinda Carajalios, um noting that the so-called conservative government in Ontario. The I call them the radical progressive government in Ontario. There's nothing 
even remotely conservative about Doug Ford's PCs. Uh, anyway, the, the, the PC government is um, funding taxpayer money, sponsoring, let's say, an all-ages Christmas-themed drag show in uh, Kitchener tonight. An all-ages, uh, I think they call it Jingle Bell Rock event. A drag show for kids, or for all ages. So Mia Ashton will be here to uh, discuss. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. Is there a war on Christmas? Um, now, I want to uh, just take a quick look to the United States here for a minute. In um, January 3rd, the uh, the midterm election, of course, happened uh, earlier in, in November. And as of January 3rd, then the new the new uh, newly elected members of the House of Representatives and so forth will uh, will will take their seats, and the GOP, of course, has taken over as the majority party in the House of Representatives. I wanted to share this with you. This is the uh, Republican Congressman Clay Higgins, who is uh, also, I believe, a, a law enforcement officer in uh, Louisiana, and uh, here he is talking about what's going to happen as of Jan 3rd when the GOP retakes the House. Sheriff from Louisiana, Clay Higgins. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, the oppressor's intent is for you to comply with their mandates and commands. And they don't expect for you to comply with their commands until the end of COVID. They expect you to comply with their commands until the end of time. Let me be very clear to all your oppressors. You've drawn a line in the sand. Be prepared to defend your position because some of us are free Americans and we would rather die on our feet than live on our knees. If you want to get a vaccine, get it. If you don't, don't. That's called freedom. Freedom is what's at stake. And some of us are prepared to carry that fight with every drop of our blood. On January the 3rd, 2023, Republicans will be sworn into the majority in this House behind us here. The hallowed halls of Congress shall once again be under the control of Republican conservatives. On that day, myself and many of my colleagues will introduce legislation to reinstate my military brothers and sisters with full pay back into your rank. So stay hard, stay strong, stay in shape. We're going to get you back in your slot. And to my business brothers and sisters out there, do not comply. Use Article 3. Put your attorneys to work. Stand your ground. You have about a year to make it and survive. You can do it, but stand for freedom. There you go. That is uh, Republican Congressman Clay Higgins talking to the media uh, about the, uh, the GOP retaking control of the House of Representatives in uh, January of 2023. All right, some stunning vax truth bombs there, to be sure. Uh, let's see, what else? Do we? Oh, I want to play this as well. I think we have just about enough time. 
Uh, this is another Republican who will be returning to the Senate in uh, January. This is Senator Ron Johnson talking about forced COVID-19 injections. In other words, COVID-19 injection uh, mandates. He says it's an insane policy. Have a listen. The bottom line here is the vaccine does not prevent infection, it does not prevent transmission. So why would we make anybody take it? It is insane. These are self-inflicted wounds, whether we're talking about the military, within our, our health systems, you know, any parts of our economy where you force people to take a vaccine that doesn't prevent infection or transmission. Again, it's an insane policy. The numbers I have, about 8,000 members of the military have been dismissed. About 17,000 are awaiting some termination on their uh, religious exemption. Uh, so, so this is serious business. But I, I'm, I'm here, and again, I'm speaking for myself. But I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of those that are reluctant to take it. They're not crazy. Again, they, they now know, we now know, that it doesn't prevent transmission at all. It doesn't prevent infection. And the fact of the matter is there are safety signals that anybody who's looking at CDC and NIH and FDA data might have cause for concern about. Now, part of our problem here is that the FDA, the CDC, the NIH have not been honest. They have not been transparent. Some more truth bombs this time from Senator Ron Johnson. All right. Meanwhile, Purelater, owned by Canada Post, firing their unvaxxed workers. Firing them. Disgraceful. Shameful. University of Western Ontario finally seeing the light. And they've lifted their vax mandate. No thank yous for me. No one should thank the, uh, the board of governors at the University of Western Ontario. Do you thank a bully who, after 21 days straight of punching you in the nose, decides I'm going to stop punching you in the nose? No, you don't say thank you. All right, when we come back, our In Defense of Women segment with Mia Ashton, an all-ages Christmas-themed drag show sponsored by Doug Ford's Ontario government. That's next. Stay with us. Back to the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. Defensive women on the Richard Serrett Show. Welcome back. Yeah, when I think of wonderful Christmas traditions, I think of roasting chestnuts on an open fire, going outside and making a snowman, taking the uh, children to uh, Christmas church services, and then taking them to a show to see adult men dressed up as women perform in front of other children. This warms the cockles of your heart, doesn't it? An all-ages drag night for Christmas. And it's happening tonight. It's called the Jingle Bell Rock event. An all-ages drag night sponsored by our so-called progressive conservative government here in Ontario, here with the details. Mia Ashton, she writes for the Post Millennial and is the lead on Cosbar's Child Safeguarding Campaign. And uh, you can follow her on Twitter, underscore cry Mia River, Mia spelled M-I-A. Hey Mia, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? 
Very well. So this is uh, the subject of your latest uh, piece at the Post Millennial. And um, just t- tell us about this all-ages drag night. It's titled The Miss Drew and Crew, and it's happening tonight, right? It is happening tonight. So this um, venue has had, uh, what's it called, Jingle Bell Rock events, I think, each night of the week. And tonight, for some reason, is drag night. Now, there's been a lot of debate. Um, It's a very polarized debate on this, whether children benefit from being exposed to men dressed as a very sort of overly sexualized version of woman um, or whether they are harmed by it. It's there's there's points to be made on either side, I suppose, but I personally fail to understand what children get out of it. I, I understand this as being queer theory being thrust upon children. So this is an adult political ideology, a political theory that we are thrusting onto children without any real knowledge of whether it's good for them or not. Right, right. And um, this is all ages, meaning what? Well, all ages means all ages. But I mean, who who would who would take a, a three or a four or a five year old to to see men dressed up as women performing? I don't understand. I do not understand as a parent. Uh, and you say there are points maybe to be made on both sides. Uh, you know, I can't I fail to see. Now, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't play one on the radio, but I fail to see any argument uh, the validity of any argument that would argue that that watching men, as you say, dressed up as over sexualized women, uh, what the benefit for any child would be. Well, well I, I'm on I'm on your side myself. I fail to see it. I I understand that those who are on the other side who support it, they see it more as a fun, family friendly style entertainment. Somebody in the comments to um, a Twitter post about this actually said it's just a fun form of dress up you know kids are exposed to all sorts of sexualized content throughout the day and they don't for me it's because i know it's political it actually truly is sort of it's queer theorists who came up with this with this idea that we can break down all societal norms and we somehow end up in a queer utopia where no one is oppressed and drag queen story time is one of the ways that they have set about to do this and so i personally oppose it because i don't want my children to be a part of a social experiment with this adult political ideology and i also oppose it because it it is an adult form of entertainment no matter how much you tone it down because there was one pro there was a protest last week in BC and it was a drag queen event. And the perform one of the performers is a man who he when he's not reading to children, reads porn on stage, and there's photographs all over the internet of him pretty much naked and in all sorts of inappropriate attire. So if a why is he reading to children? You can only do one or the other, as far as I'm concerned. Read porn or read to children. Exactly. 
Absolutely. We should point out, um, and you've reposted a tweet by uh, former New Blue MPP from Cambridge. So this is kind of in her in her area, Kitchener, Waterloo, uh, Belinda Carajalios, uh, who is a, a co-founder of the New Blue Party. And um, uh, she posted the uh, the flyer for this Jingle Bell Rock event, All Ages Drag Night. And um, um, somebody pointed out, or, or perhaps it was Belinda herself, like, why is tax money being used for this? I mean, there's, you know, there's kind of the two issues here. There's exposing uh, children to this, which is entirely inappropriate as far as I'm concerned, and, and you agree. But then, then there's the issue of the, the government actually funding this with taxpayer money at a time when everybody is, you know, uh, expected to tighten their belts and a lot of people are, are suffering out there. A conservative government, no less. Yes, so-called. <laughs> I think that's where we've gone wrong, that we don't have, because we don't have true conservatives in Canada. The, the, the conservatives and the, the, the right and the left, they keep each other in balance. They prove, you know, one side doesn't get carried away too far. So we need, you need a right and a left for your, for your democracy to work. And we don't have a real conservative government in Ontario or in federally. So we, we, there's no control over all this. There's no, there are no breaks. It seems it's just going off the track here. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything seems to be going off the track. Uh, Mia Ashton is a writer for the post millennial and the lead on Cosbar's child safeguarding campaign. You can follow her on Twitter underscore cry mia m-i-a river underscore cry mia river mia great work as always thank you so much for this thank you richard are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for african-americans do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over policing president biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard the proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. All right. Hour two awaits. We'll speak with David Creighton. He's a senior columnist with the Western Standard about how liberal values are creating a cult of death by celebrating suicide. And we'll also carve out a little bit of time for uh, your calls, questions, comments, opinions uh, around the bottom of the hour. And uh, then we'll uh, we'll speak to the founder and CEO of a job services corporation. It's a job board uh, basically um, uh, lining up uh, employees and employers who promote a woke, a woke free workplace, a woke free workplace. That's all coming up in hour two, the Richard Serrett show right here on Saga 960. Don't go away. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management.
Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption. This is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. You'll see the whole parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. You're out of order! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! And welcome to Hour 2 of The Richard Serrett Show, therichardserrettshow.com. Check it out. That's the website. And uh, the number to get on board, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. And I will open up the phone lines again. Oh, in about uh, 30 minutes or so, a half hour from now, 289-275-9600. And we'll also check in with the um, CEO and founder of a company called RedBalloon.Work. RedBalloon.Work. Companies in the U.S. uh, by the hundreds now pledging woke-free workplaces. Woke-free workplaces. This is the uh, the backlash, if you will, the, uh, the pendulum swinging back. Uh, and uh, redballoon.work, basically their mission is uh, to put employers in touch with employees or vice versa uh, that that want to work in woke-free environments. In other words, companies and employees who feel strongly about freedom of speech and, uh, and, and let's say, traditional values and uh, are not uh, interested in things like critical race theory uh, being, being part of the uh, the workplace. So we'll speak with Andrew Krapachetis, who is the founder and CEO of RedBalloon.Work. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter. It's absolutely chilling. I mean, it's beautifully shot. It's uh, it's about a three-minute promotion or a, a, um, a, yeah, a promotion, I guess. Basically, um, in support of doctor-assisted suicide. And... Uh, it's called All is Beauty, and it features a, a young woman who is uh, terminally ill and uh, talking about how, you know, our last breaths are, uh, are sacred and, um, you know, how, how she envisages her, her last days. And uh, she's, she's uh, sitting, I think, in a wheelchair on the beach, looking out into the ocean and so forth and seeing some people playing on the beach. And uh, again, beautifully shot, but it's it's absolutely chilling. Here is a major department store in Quebec, Simons, promoting suicide, glamorizing, if you will, suicide. And um, here we are just taking yet another step into a, a complete culture of death in this country. We talk a, lo- a lot about it on this show because it's uh, it's a vitally important issue and um, I know that it's a very important issue to, to uh, David Creighton as well. He just wrote a, a wonderful piece in the Western Standard about it. He's the senior columnist for Parliament Hill at the Western Standard. David, how are you? 
Just great, Richard. Nice to be here today. Likewise. Uh, the other day I was talking to uh, actually your colleague at the Western Standard, uh, Linda Slobodian, about this, uh, I guess, a caseworker at the at Veterans Affairs who was counseling soldiers who called their lifeline, their helpline, desperate for help, you know, suffering from things like PTSD. And she was counseling them to consider assisted suicide rather than treatment. Uh, now, she's been um, uh, placed on. I guess, unpaid leave. Uh, there's an, an RCMP investigation into the situation. But uh, this this latest, this um, uh, document or promotion from Simons, as I say, beautifully shot, but absolutely Hitlerian. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, the Veterans Affairs case. Uh, it's true that this, this counselor decision was overturned, but only because it was reported in the media and people were shocked anybody would suggest you got problems kill yourself instead of treating people and it's, it's absolutely outrageous but people say well why would this why would this person make this kind of recommendation obviously this counselor was right in with the culture of death that the trudeau government at the liberal party and the liberal government is pushing right now so i think she probably was wondering well what did i do wrong because that's exactly the way this government's moving. And this commercial that I just I understand today uh, has been pulled once again because it made international news. It was on Fox just the other day. There was a story about how these crazy Canadian, crazy Canadian clothing company is actually glamorizing suicide. And it's, it's absolutely, to me, unbelievable that we have come... To this juncture, uh, I think it's a it's not only a result of a very weird mindset that this this present government seems to feed off of, but it goes hand in hand with its uh, its abortion policy, which which is unrestricted abortion on demand whenever you want. And it's it's a government that refuses to even have a policy. And I don't want to you know, get into the subject. I'm, pro, I'm very strongly pro-life, but I think most Canadians, whether they're pro-choice or pro-life, think abortion is not a, a healthy and, and great thing. But the Liberal government likes to glamorize that, too, calling it reproduction rights and saying it's such a, a cherished women's right. And so I'm not surprised that they're going with a euthanasia policy. So I, and I hope we can discuss uh the injustice minister, David Lametti, who I think is uh, out of his tree, actually. So, Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think he must have, I don't know, did he get his law degree in a raffle or something? I'm not sure exactly how he ends up being the justice minister. Uh, but, and we will get to uh, Lametti's comments. I think it was before the, uh, the the Toronto Star, as you point out in your article, David. I mean, it even shocked the radical progressives there. Um, exactly, uh, and just a quick word on abortion. And, you know, yeah, we have uh, I mean, even the conservatives, so-called in uh, in Ottawa, uh, refused to uh, en masse to vote against something that most Canadians agree with. And that is um, uh, banning sex selection abortion. They can't even they can't even bring themselves to vote uh, in, in support of a bill that would ban, uh, you know, basically murdering unborn baby girls in the womb because the parents wanted a boy. I mean, we can't, they can't even get together on that, which is just abhorrent, but it it is again, another indication that we have descended into a total uh, 
culture of death in this country. Uh, then we have the uh, the case of a um, a man who's facing homelessness. He's so concerned about becoming homeless that he would rather choose a death. And um, a doctor actually signed off on that uh, and was willing, you know, they were willing to take it to the next step. Thankfully, his story got out and people donated, I think, something like $60,000 uh, to him. And, and now he's reconsidered. He's not going to. But, you know, when when not being able to access affordable housing now becomes a valid reason for medical assistance in dying. I mean, everything that we warned about would happen in 2016 when they legalized this is happening. Yes, uh, that, that's, and that's precisely what usually happens with these I, I hesitate to even call them woke policies. These are bloody Nazi policies. These are these are horrible, uh, life-hating policies. And when you when you see them coming to fruition, and you 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 can predict where they're going, and that's exactly what's what's happened with this. And it's to me, as someone who has taken a suicide prevention course, because I I have worked with people in my in my private life. Who have problems with addiction? Who have who have problems with homelessness? Who have problems financially? What is the point of having suicide prevention programs if we're just going to say, "Go ahead, take your life, make my day"? And this is exactly the cavalier attitude that this liberal government has: is that we shouldn't even be discouraging people from killing themselves. And it's uh, it's incomprehensible to me that we've actually come to this and. I think this, as uh, you referred to as well, you know, David Lametti, the same David Lametti who uh, absolutely made a fool of himself last week at the Emergencies Act inquiry, which I was president, the same David Lametti who said, if you support policies that I don't like, and I think he said like pro-Trump policies, which can mean just about anything with this government, you should be worried about your bank account. Uh, when the Attorney General of Canada makes a comment like that, I, mean, I, I think he should have resigned at that time. But when the Attorney General, this is the top lawyer in Canada, when he says that if you can't make that decision to end your life, the government should do it for you. You know, I heard that someplace else. Uh, it, was, it was an idea that was prevalent in the 1930s in, in, a, in a country called Germany. And the party in power was the Nazi party, and the leader was, was Adolf Hitler. And he pushed that kind of thing on German society, because the, the undesirables in that society couldn't make that decision for themselves. They, they were putting their hands up and saying, you know, I don't feel worthy enough to be part of the society, so I am going to commit suicide. The state intervened and did it for them. And this is exactly what Lametti said. It's... Uh, as Althea Raj, I think, commented, and I don't agree very much with Althea, uh, but she said it's like he said that part of the equation that you're not supposed to say out loud. Mm. That's exactly what he did. Because Eventually, I've, you know, we people opposed to this this uh, this assisted suicide law. We've been saying for quite some time it's nothing but euthanasia. That's exactly what Lametti said. This is euthanasia. Yeah, eventually, if you just leave them alone, they will say the quiet parts out loud, the part that they're supposed to keep to themselves, and they'll reveal themselves. David Creighton, senior columnist for the Western Standard, westernstandard.news, support independent media, westernstandard.news. We'll take a quick time out, come back and discuss the culture of death in Canada. Back with more of The Richard Serrett Show right after these. 
Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Predictably, medical assistance in dying, which was uh, legalized in 2016, this after a Supreme Court decision the year before, uh, predictably it has gone off the rails. Every warning about this being a slippery slope has come uh, has come true. David Creighton is a senior columnist with the Western Standard. And uh, David, it gets worse because in just uh, a little over three months time or a little less than two months time, actually, in March of next year, yeah. uh, it will no longer be about a, having a reasonably foreseeable death for those people that would qualify for AIDS. Now the mentally ill will be eligible and so too minors. Yeah, this is this is extremely uh frightening and i think they really have crossed the rubicon here because how does a mentally ill person know whether or not he or she wants to commit suicide i think they're i've talked to so many people over the years who have had bouts of mental illness and they wanted to commit suicide but they were talked out of it and they said thank god because the storm clouds those dark clouds passed and I was able to get my life back together. But I'm very concerned that we're going to have ideological doctors. And doctors can, are, are as political as we just saw during the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Doctors can be as political as anybody in society. They were in Nazi Germany and they were in the Soviet Union. They followed political advice because they wanted to keep getting their funding. And, and I'm, I would hate to see a Canada where doctors are, convin- are convinced a mental ill patient would rather, uh, should rather be dead. And I don't know how they make that decision. And, you know, it's bad enough that we're allowing 10-year-olds to decide what their gender identity is. But now they're going to say, I, I'd, I'd rather commit suicide than live the rest of my life. And these are, these are positions that, no civilized country should ever take. And the only countries that have taken these positions have been uncivilized and have murdered literally millions of their own people. I'm talking about Stalin's Russia and Hitler's Germany and China's uh, Mao's China as well, where millions of people died because they simply were not worth it. And of course, the mentally ill were in Hitler's way as well. Now, he saw, especially if they were congenitally mentally ill they did not deserve to live they were unworthy of life and are we approaching the same thing i think i think the justice minister uh confirmed that the uh this week when he said that uh, we're talking euthanasia here folks and that's that's what it's all about right and now we have you know the 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 policy the law itself is is bad enough but for example when we have a doctor and I, i i go back to the example of that man that was facing the prospects of being homeless he has a bunch of you know, uh, medical conditions and some of which are very debilitating and, and, uh, he is suffering. There's no question does not have a reasonable foreseeable death, but he's, he's so afraid of being out on the street and homeless that he, he started to go through the made process and a doctor actually signed off on it. As you point out, these, you know, this is, um, th- this can be a very political, uh, a group. Talk to me about dying with uh, dignity Canada, because they were pushing at one time, I don't know if this is still a position, that the age of consent for, for euthanasia should be lowered to 12. Yes, and that's, 
you know, that's what makes us so problematic is that much like mentally ill people uh, are not often capable of making irrational decisions. And they might be capable at some time of making that rational decision, but when they're in the depths of, of, of mental illness, which, which can be cured, which can be treated, but that's not the time to make a decision about whether you want to live or die. Just as it is when you're 12 years old, uh, you're just beginning puberty, you're going through life changes, you're confused. Uh, it's a difficult time of life, as we all remember. And I'm, I'm sure there are days, especially if you're raised in an, an environment of, uh, that is, that is uh, difficult, financially difficult, if your economic situation is, is, is hard. I'm sure there are days when you say, I'd rather just end it all. And thankfully, as we all know, uh, it gets better. Life gets better. And that message is not in part of this liberal governance program. Life, uh, life is cheap. Life does not necessarily get better. Life is expendable. And it's a very dangerous ideological position to take. And it, quite frankly, it's a disgusting position to take. Uh, Andrew Lawton from uh, True North was on the program uh, last week, and he wrote an incredibly poignant piece, uh, a very revealing and honest piece about his own struggles with mental illness. And he wrote, he wrote that if, and he, he attempted suicide, uh, he, he wrote that, and thankfully, you know, the, the hospital um, staff brought him back and, and, and he got the help that he needed. And, and, and uh, now he's in a much better place, as he says, a great place. But he said if, if that had happened to him 10 years ago, he'd be dead now. Yes, that's the thing about suicide. It's not a choice you can, you can, uh, you can reverse. And it's, this is why it's so damn important to, to look at this in the broad light of day and look at it rationally. This is not a rational policy. And if we were simply talking about making a decision that we could reverse in, in a couple of years uh, – it might be a different story, but we're talking about a decision to end your life, and that's final. That's it's over. And this is why we have people who work with suicide prevention, because it's we have to identify the signs of how when people are considering suicide. There's usually about ten different signs of that, and suicide prevention is all about recognizing those signs and offering an alternative to people other than taking their own life. This liberal government is offering one alternative, and that's, we'll do it for you. <laughs> we'll make it easier for you. And quite, and quite frankly, that's, that, that's a horrible position to take. And, but it doesn't surprise me with the, with the ministers in charge of this, of this government. I, I know that you know people like to compare. Everything is compared to Nazi Germany, but in this case, it is an apt analogy. I mean, it's a it's a direct parallel, really. David Creighton, senior columnist with the Western Standard. David, thank you as always. Pleasure to be here, Richard. Thank you. All right, WesternStandard.news. WesternStandard.news. All right, we'll open up the phone lines again when we come back. Just for a quick uh, a quick spell. Two eight nine. 275-9600-289-275-9600. Stay with us. The Bull Session continues on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. The phone lines are open and available to you to get it said. Uh, 289-275-9600. Earlier, uh, last hour, we were talking about 
the uh, war on Christmas, and I wanted your feedback, whether you believe that's actually happening. I certainly do. Uh, if you want to weigh in on uh, what uh, David Creighton from the Western Standard and I were uh, talking about, and that is uh, how assisted uh, medical assistance in dying, this policy that was, uh, uh, well, doctor-assisted suicide was legalized in 2016. It was a horrible mistake then. All of the predictions that uh, were made about what would happen and, and uh, the slippery slope and so forth, all of those have come true. As of March of 2023, the mentally ill will now be uh, eligible to sign up for medical assistance in dying. Euthanasia, essentially. And also minors. Yes, you heard me correctly. Minors. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. This was um, this was brought up back in 2016. And people who brought it up were said, no, you're being alarmist. This won't happen. We'll have strict controls. It's only for people with a reasonably foreseeable death in their future. Reasonably foreseeable death. Right? So we recently saw Borea Salming, um, who was suffering from ALS, and uh, that tribute at uh, the Scotiabank Arena, and then just a week later, he died. People with ALS uh, were among those who were really uh, advocating for medical assistance in dying. They have a reasonably foreseeable death. I'm not saying I even agree with it in those circumstances, but uh, at least I can I can understand that argument. Um, but but at the time, there were warnings that if we legalize doctor-assisted suicide. We're going to end up basically euthanizing the mentally ill, euthanizing the most vulnerable in our society. And now we have people that are that do not have a reasonable or a reasonably foreseeable death. They simply can't qualify for affordable housing, and they don't want to live on the street. And so they would rather commit suicide than face that prospect. And now we see that made uh, medical assistance in dying is being offered to them as well. This is Hitlerian. This is uh, this is a legitimate comparison to Nazi Germany. It is a culture of death, and it is a stain on this country and the liberal government. One of many stains, but this perhaps the biggest. All right, we uh, un- uh, unfortunately are out of time. I see someone calling in. Tony from Brampton. I'm just going to grab Tony from Brampton really quickly because I want to encourage people to call into the program. Tony, welcome. How are you? Hello, Richard. Yes. Hello. Hey. Yes, quickly, Tony. Hi, Go Richard. Ahead. It's Tony from Brampton. Hey, Tony, what's up? Yeah, quickly. I just want to say that uh, 
Yeah, I was going to say quickly that, that this is not a war on just uh, Christmas. It's a war on on the light. It's a war on Christians. Uh, same with this whole euthanasia and this whole um, medically assisted uh, in death scenario that's taking place. This is all a war on light, and uh, we got to push back against this darkness. And uh, so I just wanted to speak out against that. And that again, this isn't just a war on Christmas, but it's a war on Christianity, and it's a war on life. And it's all, it's a dark cult that's taking over society, unfortunately. Uh, you, I, unfortunately, I think you're right, Tony. Thank you so much. Great to, call, uh, to talk to you. Thanks for the call. All right. Well, uh, hopefully we can take some more calls tomorrow. We'll have more time. When we come back, the founder and CEO of RedBalloon.Work. This is a job services corporation uh, that is uh, trying to connect employees and employers uh, who appreciate uh, freedom. Uh, freedom of speech and uh, freedom of conscience, freedom of a religion, basically standing up against wokeism. That conversation starts in about three minutes. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. All right, welcome back. Well, this uh, this makes me feel better about things. <laughs> I know there's a lot of doom and gloom on the program sometimes, but listen, we're we're living in a very dark uh, time, a very a very difficult uh, period in history. Um, and I'm reminded of um, Rod Dreher's book, Benedictine Option. Um, the idea that we should—it's uh, not just Christians, but anyone who has you know conservative values, anyone who is just fed up with wokeism and the. Uh, the uh, ideology of the progressive or the radical progressive left that we should basically create our own parallel society. And we're starting to see it happen now. Uh, And so witness this idea that there are hundreds now, hundreds of uh, companies in the United States. It may be happening up here, but uh, in Canada, but it's kind of under the radar, but it's happening more and more in the United States Uh, More than 2,000 companies, according to Slay News, that have signed an anti-woke pledge to promise that they will not discriminate against their workers' free free speech rights and their personal beliefs. In other words, they're pushing back against uh, woke culture. And uh, the CEO and founder of one such company joins us now, Andrew Krapischetz, again, is founder and CEO of Red Balloon, the website redballoon.work, redballoon.work. Andrew, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, Richard. So uh, just explain uh, you're a job services corporation, like a job board. How does it work? Yeah, it's really straightforward. Um, And I guess to to explain Red Balloon, I need to tell you a little bit about myself and I'll keep this brief. But I was a CEO of a tech company, $50 million tech company about a year and a half ago. And the board decided that I was too conservative and Christian for their liking. And so I found myself delightfully unemployed. And I thought, well, if this is happening to me, someone who's making them a lot of money. Um, and successful in the marketplace. I bet it's going to happen to a lot of other people. And so uh, I wonder if there's a way that I can come alongside people who are getting canceled from the work uh, world and or um, are actually just being kind of beaten down by this woke ideology of DEI training and CRT training. Um, Because if you are able to be free at work, if you're able to be courageous and brave at work, it is likely that you're going to be more uh, adept at being free and brave and courageous in other aspects of your life, whether it's politics or your family 
family or your church or everything else, because a vocation is an important part of someone's life. So with that theory, um, I thought, okay, we need to put together a job board with a thesis around freedom, because that's how we're going to help build up the next generation of job seekers. And they're going to understand how to be free at work and then free in the rest of their lives. So companies can go on and post a job and they need to sign the pledge that says that they um, are going to respect the freedom of their current and future employees, and they're going to, um, you know, not impose vaccine mandates or DEI training or CRT training or any of those things, right? So we have 2,200 businesses that have signed that pledge so far, um, and actually a few of them up in Canada, uh, but most of them down here in the U.S. Uh, and then the job seeker can go and find a business, and they know that that business is actually going to respect their freedoms. And so when you apply to a job, you don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to get um, chewed up and spit out by the HR department? Um, if you're a conservative or a Christian, um, you know that they're going to be very welcoming to you. And so that's really what we are trying to accomplish. And then these companies, I remember one of them recently told me, he said, everybody I hire off Red Balloon is like cleansing to my culture because they're just hardworking conservatives who want to bring value to my company, to our customers, um, and aren't going to be a snowflake being a big whiner in the HR department. So, um, so that's what we're doing. It's matchmaking for employment for conservatives. Um, and we've been super thrilled by the response so far. Uh, and I don't know if you're able to, I mean, people can go on to redballoon.work and they can, um, I guess they can, they can find out, you know, who some of the employee, uh, well, the employers are, but are you able yeah. to divulge that on the air? Like, or maybe just give me a sense of the types of businesses that are signing on at redballoon.work and are making a commitment, uh, yeah. basically uh, to, to, to offer a woke free environment. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. You can go on there and find out what the businesses are. Um, we've got about a, a dozen businesses that have opted for the what we call the anonymous balloon option um, because they're afraid of the doxing that might come along with actually being aligned with a conservative brand. Right. So that's that's a reality. But no, you've got um, one of the largest private protection companies in the world and Gavin DeBecker and Associates. You have Moms for America. You have Caucus Room. You have MediShare. You have Republican Jobs. Um, you have True Play video games down in Austin, Texas. So you have everything from large tech companies to warehouses. Um, Maddox Industrial Transformers, who uh, helps refurbish transformers, is hiring all kinds of positions around the U.S., uh, through Red Balloon, and all of them have promised that they will protect your freedom if you apply for this job. So um, we we feel like this is our place to help uh, stand for freedom in America. Andrew Krapischetz is the founder and CEO of Red Balloon. The website is redballoon.org, and uh, it's basically – uh, think of a kind of a dating service, hooking up employers and employees who have some shared values, basically, uh, that are um, promoting an anti-woke culture in the uh, in the workplace. We'll uh, pick up on this conversation on the other side. The Richard Serrett Show continues right after these. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. Welcome back. Andrew Krapischetz is with us. He's the founder and CEO of Red Balloon, the website redballoon.org, and their mission statement is to unite a community of businesses and job seekers who value and preserve the freedom to work. In other words, a woke, free work environment. Uh, Andrew, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing maybe you've received some 
I don't know, backlash or criticism from the woke crowd. And, and uh, maybe they've suggested that that Red Balloon is nothing more than a job board for what, you know, MAGA Trump loving white Christians. What, how do you respond? Uh, yeah, we'll call it for the unclean, uh, the people who um, are uh, the dete- the detestables in our society. Um, I've definitely gotten some pushback, um, but I, um, it's actually been really encouraging because I've gotten way more positive feedback, like significantly more positive feedback than the pushback. We had a couple news outlets that called us. Um, they, they actually said that they wish that red balloon people would wear a yellow armband. I'm like, really? Um, do you not understand history? And actually maybe they do. Um, and that's part right. of the problem. So, right. Uh, so, but, um, so Richard, I've run a lot of businesses over the years. I've been very blessed to be able to run big businesses and little businesses. This is the only one that I've ever run where I've gotten unsolicited thank you notes from perfect strangers um, saying, you know, I just found a job through Red Balloon and you've changed the trajectory of my family. Uh, I had one lady write and say, you saved my marriage because when you are in an oppressive, tyrannical, woke work environment, it will have an impact on every other aspect of your life. Um, And so being in a position where we're helping facilitate great people, finding great companies and just being in the middle to help facilitate that has been awesome. We've definitely gotten the pushback, but we've gotten more thank you notes than anything else. So um, and I would encourage people go on to redballoon.work. We have a lot of resources, even if you're not looking for a job today or you really love your job, we have things like the Employee Bill of Rights where you can go and download an Employee Bill of Rights and Responsibilities to understand where um, you can stand up in your work environment um, and what your responsibilities are because we should understand that rights and responsibilities go together. Um, and so that is a free resource for anybody who wants to download it and encourage you to go and use that resource. And we've got a bunch of other free stuff there as well. Uh, So according to Slay News, uh, their report, there are more than 2000 companies in America that have signed an anti-woke pledge. Um, I mean, is this is it your sense that this is just the beginning? I mean, are you seeing sort of this? um, um, I don't know. What do we call it? A restructuring or I don't want to use the word backlash that that kind of sounds violent. I I mean, yeah, I like to think of it as a groundswell of this alternative economy. Right. You've got lots of small businesses and big businesses who are realizing that woke. If you are go woke, you go broke. It's actually bad for business to um, do the discrimination that DEI training is. Um, And so. Um, it has been super encouraging. So we have 2000 businesses or to almost 2200 businesses that are looking to hire. Um, we also work with another company, Public Square, who's pushing on, we'll call it freedom in the marketplace of where should you buy your things. Um, and they have a very similar pledge to us. And they have almost 30,000 businesses who've raised their hand and said, guess what? I want to stand up for freedom and I want to I want consumers to vote with their dollars. And then we're helping businesses um, help people vote with their labor because I need to remind people, if you are earning a salary, you are probably making more money for your employer than they are charging you. And so you are helping support whatever worldview they're pushing um, at a corporate level. And so if you're in a position where you can go use your labor, your time, your energy and your vocation to line up with someone who is mission aligned with where you are, even just someone who doesn't hate your worldview, um, it is deeply satisfying. And it really has an impact that you're now helping them make money. And hopefully they're going to use that money to do great things in society. Andrew Krapischetz is the founder and CEO of Red Balloon, redballoon.work. I don't know if you can uh, quantify this, but like roughly what percentage of 
um, employees are coming to Red Balloon because they've been forced out of their uh, previous work, perhaps because of the vaccine mandate, for example? Yeah, um, I will say um, almost 100 percent early on that the vaccine mandate was a huge um, impact. And we've had um, 800,000 uh, unique people looking for jobs on Red Balloon. So there's a lot of demand for freedom um, around the world, particularly in America and Canada. Um, but there's a lot of other issues that are driving this. I was talking to a lady at Microsoft and she was um, she had an American flag for her background for teams. And she was told by HR that an American flag is triggering to the other employees because it's a sign of white supremacy. And you need to take that down. And she's like, so I thought I was an American. I guess I'm not. Uh, but then she said the next day, and this is horrific. The next day, a coworker had a picture of a black person being lynched. And the, uh, the, the, uh, what it said under it was a good man died at your hands today. Right. It's right out of that CRT playbook. So this is in the corporate space today. And you realize how demoralizing it is when you're in that type of environment. So she had gotten her exemption at Microsoft, but she's like, but I still, you know, for the vaccine mandate. But she's like, but I need to get out of this woke work environment because it is really just crushing to your soul to be told you're a racist every day, to be told you're not allowed to put an American flag up. Um, and so that's what we're seeing. And, and honestly, the top type of worker that we're getting right now is technology workers looking to leave big tech um, because that's really the epicenter of a lot of the woke cancer um, in uh, the American workforce today. Uh, are you getting also, I don't know if you can put a percentage on it, but um, people who have been either denied promotion at their place of work uh, or, or basically fired because of their co- the color of their skin? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In fact, the Trilio CEO came out and said, we need to lay off 11% of our workforce and we're going to do it based on skin color, based on um, if you're white, because we need to get rid of uh, the white people in our organization. So, you know, there's this reverse discrimination, this horrible discrimination that's happening. I talked to one guy who found a job through Red Balloon. We're excited about that. He said he was basically told by his boss, um, you can't have a promotion unless you have a sex change. If you become a girl, um, in, you know, the, the ideology of their world, if you start wearing a dress to work, then you're going to get all the promotions you want. But short of that, we have a certain amount of quotas and we're simply not going to allow you um, to grow there. And, and here's my theory. So the left has been taking ground that is really impacting culture. They've been taking higher education. We know that they've been taking the media. Um, and except for, you know, great shows like this, um, they've been trying to dominate that world. And I would say that the workplace Um, And companies has been their most recent conquest where they're really taking that on for the left. And I think um, because they are not as entrenched as they are in higher education and media, there's an opportunity to push back. And I really want to redeem the world of work. Um, And, you know, the way that we fight back and win is for every conservative to make one choice today or tomorrow and the next day to support a conservative business to work for a conservative business and develop this alternative economy. It requires you actually making a change. It's painful. But if you do that and everybody else does that, you see what's happening with Disney. These corporations will have to change because we are the largest ideological group in America. And yet we've been the least likely to say anything. And if we're willing to stand up, if we're willing to make one change today and one change tomorrow, support a business like Red Balloon, support a business like Public Square, um, help your local conservatives. If you do that, um, we have a groundswell movement that's really going to have an enormous impact on culture moving forward. And I'm optimistic that that's going to happen. Andrew, and I can say this on this show. 
You're doing the Lord's work. Amen. Congratulations. Andrew Krapaschetz is the founder and CEO of Red Balloon, redballoon.work. Check it out, redballoon.work. Andrew, thank you so much. All the best. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it for me. My thanks to Jody, Declan, and Jacob. I'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again, God willing. I'll speak with you at four. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.